and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as Difficulty Class and Champions of Lore. And with me each week are two amazing people who are. I'm Erin M. Evans. I'm the author of the Brimstone... Wait, what do I say here? <laughs> <laughs> I write fantasy novels. I'm best known for the Brimstone Angel saga. We took a week off and my it's brain true. stopped. It's true. <laughs> it is shocking how perishable a skill this is <laughs> it is not yeah. like riding a bike yeah uh, no and i'm uh, uh b dave walters and since this is the day after valentine's day um i'm i'm aaron m evans ex-boyfriend stuntman i'll do all the things he wouldn't do uh, but that's not all we have a very special guest with us this week who is hey um i'm rhiannon held um, I write urban fantasy, specifically the Silver series is Rhiannon Held, and then I write Space Opera, um, the Amsterdam Institute novella series. Number five is out for pre-order now. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a professional archaeologist. Yeah. I also, uh, now that I think about it, I think you're our first returning guest. You are, oh, I believe. Well, yeah. thank you. I feel honored. <laughs> Welcome back. Huzzah. And, the rest uh, of them learned their lesson the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Ross was like, I've never been on a podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, this this episode, as uh, as B. Dave said, is being recorded the day after uh, Valentine's Day. And also why you're not uh, listening to it uh, at, you know, 7 a.m. Uh, normally, because I still got to edit it. Uh, <laughs> but also, this was a, an episode that was actually suggested by Rhiannon which I thought was a fantastic idea, which was sex scenes. Sex scenes. Sex scenes. Um, and Rhea, you oh, said- Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. What's up, y'all? Hello, welcome to I love how you said... Dragons and Shit. <laughs> I love how you said, there we go. Like, that's the only time that's gonna happen. Oh, I know it's not. I know it's I mean, not. Well, it's the first, the first one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting started, baby. We're just warming up. That uh, his food is not the only thing he's going back for seconds on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not gonna let my cute outfit go to waste. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. You you can imagine, dear listener. You really pull off the doilies. It. I'm serving. Uh, it. You know what I mean? Hey, something's got to keep the pasties up, okay? <laughs> Uh, but Rihanna, you had uh, you, you had uh, something that because I I've sorry I've said I'm I'm I have nothing to contribute to this I I'm not I'm not versed in this but you are and you had something to inform the listeners as to why you are yes yeah why why should you listen to me why did I suggest this episode um, I I got their permission um, so my background in this is that my parents in a former career decades ago were sex researchers. Oh, uh, and so I'm like, I'm going to talk about it on a podcast and I don't know how many people listen, but I won't mention you by name. Um, and they were both sort of like, I mean, OK, whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but so they were the people, you know, in the white coats taking data down and with the instruments and they're, they're on Google Scholar and all that sort of stuff. Um, so what that did is that it's a different environment to grow up in. Um, and not in a bad way, I would say mm -hmm. in a good way, um, because um, I learned from them what I'm going to now pass on to you, um, <laughs> which is if you would like to talk about sex scenes or sex in general, and you don't want to like get too uncomfortable, um, the magical fairy dust is uh, anonymity. So what you do is you take all personal pronouns and you replace them with some people. 
So you don't say, um, I'm super into XYZ. You say, some people are super into XYZ. And some people really hate XYZ. And some people have trouble in this kind of situation doing that kind of thing. Um, and you do have to be a little bit careful because at some point, if you only ever talk about yourself, then it sort of begins to become obvious. But if you <laughs> sprinkle in a little stuff that hopefully, <laughs> you know, that you have been open to like reading other things or watching other things or listening to other people or reading advice columns or many, many other things that I can suggest for research. Um, and you use those some people, <laughs> then like you can have a conversation mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be weird. So yeah. what, what my parents taught me was some people. And then once you get past that barrier of awkwardness, you can be like, oh, well, it's really interesting. And did you consider doing this or that or the, you know, underpinnings of orgasm and, you know, many women don't blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's where I have a lot of fun. So <laughs> <laughs> you may notice that I'm getting like super into the science and, and like, I'm You're not even out about sex scenes and it's yeah, wonderful. Not even noticing the jokes. And that's because I have a switch. Like, I'm like, okay, in polite company, don't talk about sex or maybe just like laugh at the, the innuendo. And then I'm like, oh no, full, like, um, you know, bonding hormones and orgasms and breastfeeding and nipples. And like, I'm, I'm there, man. So. I'm there, man. <laughs> I also want to just tell people that it's tragic this is a podcast because you missed Trevor's face. <laughs> Because I knew that your parents used to do that, but I didn't think about the fact Trevor didn't know that, didn't know and his that. eyeballs almost fell out. I was like, "I'm sorry, they what?" <laughs> the, the only the only thing that actually made me go, "The I'm sorry, what?" was the instruments part. I was like, "It was a full scale out." <laughs> okay, so um, I will I will tell the story. Um, do you remember on Showtime, there was a series Masters of Sex? Yeah. And it was about Masters and Johnson. And so my parents didn't work with Masters and Johnson, but they had like been to workshops that they taught. Um, okay. And so I was sort of asking them a little bit about it. And I said, well, the Showtime show, like there's so much sexual shenanigans and I'm sure that wasn't really going on. And my parents were like, well, I mean, actually people who studied it seem to think that they were immune to like getting into shenanigans. So like there was as many, if not more. Oh, than, Jesus. Like, usual I mean, academia. What, was that some, not the, the people, entire plot of Kinsey there? Some people, yeah. Yeah. Some people, some yeah, people, yeah. Some knowing, them, knowing them, I doubt it, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the beauty. There you go. <laughs> um, well, um, where do you want to start with sex scenes? I mean, I was going to start with, do you even want to have one? This okay. is a good question. Yes, it is. This is, uh, I, I have a list of things uh, for questions written down. I'm marking one off now. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you know if you want to have one? I mean, I feel like there's, uh, you don't want to discount genre conventions, yeah. um, which I did. Like um, uh, the first silver novel is pretty low as far as sex scenes, but then I sort of like got into the groove of it and the audience expectations when it came to urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's perfectly legit to say, well, I mean, I'm not super into writing them, but I recognize that my genre, that's kind of a convention of it. And so I'm going to learn how to do it or learn to put my own spin on it. What I sort of figured out how to mm -hmm. spin it mm -hmm. my own way. Um, and, but then again, 
it's also fine to say, well, okay, maybe it's a genre convention, maybe it's not, and I'm not comfortable with it, or I don't see a way to do it in a way that's interesting. And at that point, I don't feel like you should put it in just to put it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like if you're gonna write, <laughs> if you're gonna write romance novels, you should get comfortable with it or yes. adhere to a very, very, very specific subgenre of romance novels. Um, okay. So is it? Things, now here's the thing. I don't. Uh, I haven't read a lot of romance novels, and what's? Uh, oh, you should. I know, so, and, yeah. and that, it's actually on my list to do. I, I have actually several of them that I'm like I've heard good things about. Romance Is... novels. Sidebar. Really wonderful way to learn about headspace. Uh-huh. People don't count. People count them out for that, but that's a yep. really good place to like. Yeah. Because it's so important in a romance novel to get into what are people thinking and what are they feeling in the moment, um, and getting it usually from more than one perspective that you can see what it's like to switch from this head to this head and how to integrate that into the narrative. Mm-hmm. I will die on this hill, but oh, I don't oh, have oh. to because usually I say it and people go, oh, for as much <laughs> as we would knock on romance novels, it is a valuable resource. Anyway, also sex scenes because yeah. well, that the- is definitely where a lot of them are. Well, that that's what I was going to ask. Like, so would you say that like it is a standard that a romance novel is going to have a sex scene in it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Plus, plus, urban fantasy has sort of gone to that level as well. Yeah. Well, apparently, I messed up on that part. <laughs> so, it's it's important with romance novels. Um, I think that their their sex scenes can um, fall into tropes just as much as anything else, and mm-hmm. so tropes being neutral. Um, but you can see the same sort of thing over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. and it's one gets the sense that it's because one romance author has read a lot of other romance sex scenes. And so is just sort of putting that together to make mm-hmm. their own new one, as opposed to trying to think about it in a new way. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, there's a pretty typical like standard romance sex scene that I think of um, as the author wasn't really trying. They just felt like, like they had to put a sex yeah. scene in the there end of chapter three <laughs> in the outline then they had the sex yeah because because it they used to be an old school box. Sorry. in old school room romance it was all about the piv mm-hmm. um and now like okay we've gotten a little bit beyond that but now often the standard sex scene is that he goes down on her um speaking straight um he goes down on her and then they go to piv mm-hmm after she's had one orgasm, mm-hmm. which, you know, great, but like maybe some other kind of like initial orgasm for her just to mix it up a little sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and also PIV doesn't have to be the be all and end all, which is sort of jumping ahead to other mm-hmm. stuff. But. Yeah. So then, but going back a little bit, so like if you're, if you're writing a romance novel, you're probably going to need to be thinking about like, okay, how do I, how do I go about writing this? But if you're, if you're not writing a romance novel, maybe you're writing urban fantasy, or maybe you're just writing another genre and mm-hmm. you're thinking, I, I kind of think there should be a sex scene here. What, what do you think is a good way to judge if there should be or not? I think one thing to do is read other books in the genre and see like, what do you see there? Mm-hmm. Um, cause there is a, I, I don't want to say across the board, like you shouldn't do sex scenes in fantasy because definitely there are. Yeah. Um, but I think in particular it, it tends to go to fade, like a fade to black kind of thing. 
Um, and so that's, if you're trying to sell traditionally, that can be easier. Um, not that you can't. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking, I mean, okay. People have sex in the Brimstone Angels saga, but I definitely was told you can't show that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's not allowed. So it's always fade to black. And that's a little stricter, right? Because yeah. there's, you know, when a toy company is technically your publisher, they have feelings about how grown yeah. up things can be. You can cut off a lot of heads, but you can't talk about a dick. Oh, um, man. So that's one thing is mm -hmm. like, is thinking about that. Because um, I, I, I feel like... Oh, especially during the early 2000s when Game of Thrones picked up and mm -hmm. between the show and the books, which have lots and lots of sex in them, a lot of people felt like, oh, my fantasy story's got to have sex in it because George R. R. Martin put sex in his fantasy book and that's selling really well right now. Do, do, you, do you think like that, like... I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go. George R. R. Martin did it, so I need to do it too. Yeah. And honestly, this well, Beanie's <laughs> chewing, so I'm just gonna talk some shit while he's chewing. Y'all already know what I have to say. <laughs> there's definitely more egregious things than you know consensual sex scenes that come out of that particular impulse. Um, but there, yeah, go ahead. There's a um, sort of convention panel how to write a sex scene um 101 kind of lesson that's like um sex scene should be like a fight scene it should have a purpose it should have tension etc um mm -hmm. which is great but it is at the the 101 level i think but mm -hmm. i think that it's a useful sort of comparison to draw here because um fight scenes you can have too many of them or they can go on too long or they can sort of be there to sort of show off and be there for their own sake or they can be there to advance the plot or advance an emotional moment and and so more often sex scenes i think are there to advance the character arc or advance an emotional moment but where you want to sort of i think hold back is thinking about um what is it accomplishing otherwise mm -hmm. and i think that I was just going to say, um, I think that they're they're a little different than a fight scene in that often it can be that there's sort of like nothing's going to go wrong, but they are kind of the culmination like of a character arc moment. Like it's kind of it's paying it off. Like the mm -hmm. two characters have gotten to this point and then now they've come together and that pays off the arc. And so then the sex scene itself is sort of like, yes, they have successfully paid it off. Um, okay. And so that's that's also like, I think, a good use for them. I think I'm definitely from the dot, 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 fade out, less is more school of thought. Yeah. Um, as, as we talked about when we talked about descriptions, um, because for me, all I'm ever trying to do is to get the reader to have their own visualization of what I'm talking about, um, as, as the example I always give. If I say she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen, all of us think the exact same thing, Aaron. Uh, but if I start to describe, you know, a 5'10 athletic blonde, you know, that is or isn't someone's jam, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so the further you go into the descriptive, the more likely you are to make someone uncomfortable or make it weird. Unless, of course, again, genre-wise, that is the expected convention, you know, and, and you're out here writing Outlander. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I think um, 
the just enough to get the point across but similar similarly to violence so like i love action scenes but there's a school of thought again in the red wedding even though george r, r. martin is dead to me and the reason why he's dead to me is he did write three good books and those are the only three good books he's ever going to write in his life <laughs> you have you know caitlin stark getting killed in the red wedding and from her point of view he takes the time to describe what the knife scraping against her bone as her throat's being slit is like which in that exact moment is such an extreme horror technique. It's not action technique, it's a horror technique. So in that it's necessary, but it's, you can way overdo it. Like yeah. to use a very different example, like in the recent Mortal Kombat games, you know, you hit somebody and it gives you the X-ray of the ribs breaking. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, but he's fine now. So what was the <laughs> point of that? Like, he's okay. Yeah. I, I, I can verify. It's, it's cool. He got his, he got his uh, spine ripped out in the last round. Right. It's okay. Yeah, no, but he's all right. I got better. I got you know? better. <laughs> so, so it, 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 not, less is more because more becomes actually zero very, very quickly. I, I actually kind of wish not, so like when I was not even the wee baby writer, when I was the the infant fan, fan fiction writer, like I wrote fight scenes and they were like describing every move. And I wish someone had actually said, don't treat treat it like a sex scene. You're not going to be describing every motion they make. <laughs> I just see up and down the page of baby, baby Trevor's fiction in, out, in, out, in, out. <laughs> Pause, concentrate. Pause. <laughs> in, ah, in, ah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. Oh, jeez. That's, that's a little tip that I sort of came up reading, reading um, writer's workshop manuscripts. Was, <laughs> <A> little tip. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're 12. <laughs> if, if you're going so far as to say left and right, mm -hmm. unless it's really super important to the plot, like Princess Bride, um, you've probably gone too far. And mm -hmm. I think that's true in sex scenes, too. Like, okay. When you're at the level of specificity, if it's sort of right hand on left arm, like <laughs> that, <laughs> that level of micromanaging is not actually sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it is also it's difficult to keep track of a lot of variables and stay engaged. You know, just like actual sex. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want it to turn into just a shopping list. I have a request. Since hmm. you know y'all, y'all, we're all amongst friends here, Tangerinos, um, Rihanna, and of course, please, absolute zone of safety. Feel comfortable. Feel feel free to say uh, no. Are there any scenes that you can think of that were highly successful that you could share with us? That the like she's written or that uh, that like we either oh. dealer's <laughs> choice. <laughs> I'm very much putting her on the spot. So that's why I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'll take any and all answers. I immediately forget that I've ever written anything. Uh, <laughs> So I think I would jump back to the um, Jacqueline Carey Cushiel's dart. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, um, because when you actually read those, they're not that explicit, um, but they're definitely in the emotions. And they're in the emotions of something that is is a little bit more out there. It's getting into BDSM and, um, you know, that's not every, anybody um, everybody's thing. And so um, it it really sort of like, steps you there with the character um and there are characters yeah. who are not into that kink and so we see them and see their reactions and so they're sort of there i think for the the reader if the reader is a little sort of like whoa they can sort of be there with that other character but the protagonist is very much sort of like that's her thing and she's you know sort of going there step by step so um 
and I don't know that any particular scene stands out. Um, the that whole trilogy, like there's a whole variety of different scenes that worked well for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good example too, because it is something where, like, I'll be honest, I'm not into that. But a book, like the way it pulls you in and it puts you in Phaedra's perspective, that you're you're like you you get it. You get it in this context. Also, the 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 pining for the virgin boyfriend is pretty pretty good. Um, I love a pining. Anyway, I love a pining. <laughs> it's very like it. It is really well written for that. Like it does put you very much in the character's perspective because I think that's sort of another thing. Is like it's like what B. Dave was saying. You you cannot like you cannot go to each individual reader and and turn them on on their own basis, right? I cannot go to each of you and go, here's what you think's hot. I can create something and then I can sell you on this character thinking it's hot. And through that Mm. character, you might think it's hot Mm. or you at least like watching this character think it's hot. (laughs) Um, And that's easier than like finding some sort of universal horny button for everybody. Hmm. And I think that's the way to... Um, Because B. Dave was talking about how it can, when it gets too detailed, it can become weird. I think there are definite strategies for making it maybe not completely not weird, but like definitely less weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them is sort of thinking about the division between erotica and fiction. That was actually something I was going to ask. Like, where do you define that line? So I've actually thought about this like a ton. Um, For instance, I think that part of the trouble with Fifty Shades of Grey is that it's actually erotica and Mm. it won't admit it. Oh, and if you think of it as an erotica, I'm like, cool, but I hate it as fiction. Okay. Um, and so I feel like erotica um, is that, you know, it's all about sex. Sex is the point, but really like, I, like Aaron said, it's about, are you expecting the reader to want to be in the head of the character? Do you expect the reader to want to be there? In Let me the- inter- intervene yeah. for a second. Cause I want you to make your point, but this is a topic that hasn't come up uh, so far, which there's not many left that we haven't at least touched on. <laughs> so for people hear that word erotica thrown around, but in terms of a genre, what does that actually mean? Like what, what, what defines erotica versus fiction versus erotic fiction? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, well, when you throw in erotic fiction, like who even knows, but th- this is something that sort of I've come up with. And I think it's as squishy as any other category where um, when you try to like put it on a book mm-hmm. on the bookstore shelf, there's going to be one thing. And it, it also gets sort of like weird because people think erotic is all about explicitness. But the trouble is that people tend to, um, in our Western culture, think that queer sex is more explicit than the mm-hmm. same yep. type of straight sex. Yep. So if you're rating things by explicitness then suddenly like you're Mm. dumping you know queer content over into erotica so i think it's much more important to sort of think about erotica being um that you want the reader to imagine themselves as that character whereas fiction is much more about you want the reader to imagine that character and maybe they don't want to be that character but at that that character is sort of taking them along and they're seeing what's happening to that character. And if that character is into it, that's then a successful scene. Okay. Whereas I think for erotica, if your reader is not into what is happening to the protagonist, they put it down and they go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your erotic is not 
successful. And I think there's also um, aspects there to slightly Tangerino. Um, I think one of the big, big disservices that Fifty Shades of Grey did by pretending to be fiction is that I feel like erotica could be pure fantasy where you don't have to worry about co uh, consequences or STIs or aftercare or the fact that like uh, ravishment fantasies to call them something other than rape fantasies. Mm -hmm. um, ravishment fantasies actually like in real life would be awful. Yeah. Like just the pure fantasy of it can be super hot. And so that's erotica. And then fiction, obviously it's still stylized. It's still hyper real. You may not want to deal with a pregnancy scare or STIs, but there's a little bit more of, I feel like you want to get into aftercare. You want to mm -hmm. sort of deal with some of the emotional consequences of some of this stuff that erotica being pure fantasy, like why slow down for that? Yeah. yeah. And, and so 50 shades of gray was erotica. Why slow down for it? It's really hot. If that's your thing, cool. But then it was sold as fiction and there, there wasn't any sort of like emotional consequences or no domestic, to it. Yeah. yeah, domestic violence, red flag, or you know any of that sort of stuff. So, okay, that, that's really interesting. That makes a lot of sense because, like, yeah, like I, I, I knew, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, like, there's erotica, and then there's like romance novels that have sex in it, and they're very different things. But I, like, I couldn't figure out in my head exactly what it was, and I think I was thinking more of just like. Like it, erotica is just all sex all the time. <laughs> it's like chapter three, sex, chapter five, sex. And so, <laughs> but then you get fiction that's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. And and there, there are other urban fantasy novels that I won't like call them out, but um, where I believe they have crossed over into erotica because it's very clear that the author is talking about her kinks and the characters are acting out her kinks mm -hmm. and so that gets weird and also mm -hmm. at one point her kink was very much my turnoff and i was like wow i have to put this book down now oh whereas i feel like if it had been a little bit more sort of like this is an author they're writing a character the character has some kinks one of the characters kinks is my turnoff if it had been sort of like carefully handled i think i could have stayed with it yeah. a bit more there was um there was a book series that I won't name, but my, my wife was super into in high school and uh, it had a lot of sex scenes in it. It was an urban fantasy story. And she, uh, her sister was like, hey, I want to read those. So she gave her all the books and she did. But then one of her sister's friends saw her reading it at school one day and was like, what's that? And she told, told her the premise. So she's like, oh, I want to read that. So she did. She lent the, this friend the books. When she got them back, all of the sex scenes had post-it notes over them. <laughs> Oh my god! That sounds like something my mother would do. <laughs> I absolutely love that. My mother used to cut up my my. I got Seventeen magazine, and my mother would like cut pages out and glue pages together, so I wouldn't get to read the smutty stuff. Whereas my parents bought me the joy parents. of sex. <laughs> yeah. We have very opposite parents. <laughs> I never got the talk. Just at some point, my mother said, "I figured you figured it out by now." <laughs> This uh, is not how I've raised my talk was great considering like... I was raised by four lesbians. Uh... <laughs> my talk was something. literally at a bus stop in the fourth grade. A fifth grader was like, let me tell you how it works. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Good lord, I love I it. I had to give my sisters the talk because nobody was gonna Oh jeez. 
Um, let me let, let, let me consult my notes and, and see. Um, oh, oh, I, let, I'm, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say one thing is that yep. um, if you happen to enjoy doing it, otherwise reading an erotica can be something that can really feed well into your fiction sex scenes, I think, though. Um, because it can sort of like expand, especially if you're like, okay, I'm not just going to look for what I'm into. I'm going to go out there and sort of find a bunch of different stuff. It can really expand sort of your horizons as far as like, oh, people are finding this hot. Oh, and this hot. Oh, and this hot. Um, which you then can take back to your characters. So your characters no longer are constrained by the things you have ever imagined being hot. Now you have this whole universe of like, things other humans have imagined being hot that you can take back into your characters. Okay. But one of, one of the things that I wanted to ask, cause you, you, you touched on it a little bit, uh, was like sex scene tropes. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some other sex scene tropes that uh, writers should be on the lookout for? I mean, I have some sort of soapboxes. Okay. Um, so some of those part of the, <laughs> one of the reasons that, um, I, do sex scenes now is that there are some things that I'm trying to show that are different than the average sex scene in them. Um, and so they're, they can, hopefully they aren't noticeable as that, but um, there are things like um, don't be splitting hairs with the definition of sex. That's for like, you know, frustrated Christian virgins who are going to be like, <laughs> Oh, I, I had anal sex, but I'm still a virgin. <laughs> uh, Docking. <laughs> <laughs> no. God dang it. Um, and I Imagine was, writing a docking thing. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I was never so angry as there was this, um, I think it was a space opera and they're like, oh, we're really stressed out and we've got to do this plot thing, but like we're in a room together alone. And so she's like, no sex. Like, I'm not in a place for that. We don't have enough time. And he's like, cool. So then he goes down on her. And I'm like, that was fucking sex. <laughs> it's in the name, oral sex. Um, so I heard somebody say once that it can be useful to say um, it's all play of different kinds. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really like the idea of trying to do kind of different stuff that doesn't like when you have a, even if you have a straight couple um, and even some like gay couples, it doesn't zero in on PIV or penetration that, you know, um, mutual masturbation or just making out mm -hmm. or oral sex or just whatever else you want to do there. I hate the like, and again, I'm speaking a lot with straight because um, that's a lot of what I've written and a lot yeah. of what I've read that just super focus on PIV. And even if you're doing oral sex before or getting her an orgasm some other way, like it's always got to end in PIV. And I'm like, why? Why does yeah. it always have to, to end in PIV? I want to uh, say real quick, going back to something from before, uh, I I thought talking was something else, and then I Googled it to be sure it was not what I thought of. Uh, and I learned a new term tonight. <laughs> I feel like you've known me a long time. <laughs> I learned a new one tonight. Um, uh, no, that, that that makes sense. What were you going to say, Bidith? What? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no please continue. But no, that that makes. Uh, sorry, there was just suddenly thunder at my house. Oh, that was out of nowhere. Surprise. Yeah, surprise thunder. <laughs> we have angered Zeus. He's all like, I know a thing or two. 
Zeus is I, up in the I, clouds. I, They're talking about banging. Like, I turned into a into a swan once a girl. The shower coins. You what else counts as sex when you turn into an animal and you attack a woman, apparently. Jesus. So, oh, I didn't say boy. it, the clouds said it. Do you want demigods? That's how you get That's demigods. That's how you demigods, yeah. The other um, other soapbox that I have is um, the hymen um, in, in, in many different like ways, because a lot of people don't understand like what it is or how it works. Do some basic research. Um, the best metaphor I ever came across was um, think of it more as like a balloon arch where it's just around the sides. And if you're really just like going in there and just like being really awkward and I need, around, I need to then... know I need to let the listeners know that Rhiannon is swinging right now <laughs> <laughs> she's throwing right in hooks <laughs> those balloons man if you're gonna pop <laughs> um and so like thinking of it that way it's like well okay yeah like it would they're all like well you know sometimes if you do horseback riding sometimes it's if you live your fucking life <laughs> um and yep. are active and have pelvic exams because you're worried about your health as a cis woman. Um, you don't have as much time in anymore after that. Um, so, and I mostly it's an erotica because that's the level of like explicitness they're at. Um, mm -hmm. The amount of ones where it's like up in there as opposed to at the entrance mm -hmm. is like way, way more than it should be, which is zero because but that's not where it is my <laughs> my wife uh very early on into her relationship and i can't remember how this came up she she went on the rant about like how like um erotica gets it wrong and i was like what do you mean and she explained it to me and i sat there and i just had this like look on my face she's like what's wrong i'm like three different schools taught me sex education and i did not know this <laughs> welcome to america yeah <laughs> You know. Well, and it, like an even more deep cut. Like, um, I was reading something on Twitter, and it was about you know cis women's nipples, and I was like, I had never encountered that before. Which mm -hmm. is that, it, um, based on their experience, um, and I guess I've sort of backed myself into a personal pronoun corner, but some people's <laughs> experience um, <laughs> that uh, cis women's nipples they don't get hard with arousal. They get hard with temperature or direct touching stimulation. Hmm. So they're not like two little, like tiny little dicks <laughs> that get hard when you're thinking about something. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was like, yeah, actually. But like the number of times that I've read something where her nipples are like super duper hard because she's just in the, her thoughts are there or yeah. she's getting stimulation on other parts of her body. Several urban fantasy novels are popping into my head. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this one, I'm like, okay, I want, I want to see like the scientific data on this um, because like my sample size is too low. Um, but it, it really. <laughs> Sorry. It's the convenient concussion. Like, like I yes. feel like a lot of times in fantasy novels and in other in other media, somebody will get knocked out and then they'll wake up at the plot important point. And that is not how that works at all. But we've all just kind of gone, <laughs> okay, that's a thing yeah. in fiction. We're not going to look at it too close. We're not going to say traumatic brain injury. They just go to sleep for a minute and then the plot comes back. 
It's the same way. Yeah. Fictional nipples are are <laughs> basically like like convenient concussion. I gotta be honest, the temptation to name this episode fictional nipples is very strong. <laughs> I keep telling you, you should pick a funny name. I'm gonna write to it get down. people's attention and then or what we're talking about. We'll see if I actually do that and remember after this wine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to make a cocktail tonight, and I feel like I've missed an opportunity because this I is got definitely this a wine. cocktail topic. I was about to say, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, guys. Might, maybe I'll go make a cocktail. Maybe I'll leave for a minute. Yeah, you're you're go for I'll it. Just, I'll just keep going. Go I'll for it. We'll talk, say, we'll talk more about fictional nipples. That's the joy, of this. That's the joy of this being audio only. <laughs> Or or hymens. Yeah. Um, that that's my other thing is that um, it's it's an experience that many people have had, and so it's great to have that in some characters. But me, for what I write, I have no time for virgin characters. Like mm. there are so many other virgin sex scenes. Like I am done, and I know there's been sort of a mo more movement lately in some of the romance novels to have the the man in the straight couple be the virgin. Fine. Mm. Um, but like that is way what I don't want to write because it's been done so often. Yeah. And I feel like it's so limiting. Like that that virgins, you don't have as much practice at knowing what you want and asking for what you want. L literally, when you said that the the trend right now is the male character being the virgin, all I heard in my head was, "What do I do with my hands?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I could see how that, yeah, that's, hmm, did not and, know that. <laughs> unfortunately, like, it sort of, you know, it comes out of the sort of, like, um, misogynist background mm -hmm. of, like, oh, she's so pure in a touch, that's how oh, the woman God. in a straight couple should be. Um, and so, like, it's really nice to leave that behind. But, like, fundamentally, I feel like you got to get your virginity out of the way mm -hmm. um, at some point. But then after that, it's so much nicer to in a straight sex scene, not have to have the man be the more knowledgeable one. Mm. And because even if she's sort of like suggesting things or telling him about herself, when you're no longer virgin, you get like more vocabulary and more sense of like what's even possible and available out there. Um, in the Masters and uh, Masters of Sex TV show on Showtime, like there's a sex scene with a virgin and the guy is trying to do right and he's like, what do you like? And she says, I like being with you. And it's because she didn't have any idea of anything yeah. else to say. Yeah. And so when writing sex scenes, I find it much more interesting to be able to say, well, they're no longer virgins. So they have a little bit more sense of like what they're going to ask for and what they need for themselves. And so like that opens up a whole cool world of possibility of different stuff that they could ask for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, so one of the other things I want to talk about, ask about, and you did say that, you know, I, I think you said you don't have experience with this, but what do you have like any advice for people who want to write a sex scene from an orientation that's not theirs? Oh, this is when we should have grabbed Shauna. Yeah. <laughs> our friend in our we writing could... group had a, a career writing erotica and some of a solid chunk of it, I think, is male male erotica. Oh, so we'll, we'll have like, a part two. Like, Shauna, come tell us, tell us what that's like. I mean, I have I have written um, in one of my sil silver novels, uh, book four. Um, that was after I was no longer traditionally published. 
I don't know if they would have cared, but, um, and it was a male, male scene. And, um, that was definitely there because, uh, I had done one from, of the straight couple, um, the woman's point of view. And then this was the secondary male, um, protagonist. And I did him with somebody else, another man. And I definitely wanted to not be like, oh, well, um, the only straight sex that is, a, the only sex that's ever had is straight sex. And so I'm like, okay, so these characters are going to get with some different people, um, some of them same-sex relationships. And at that point, I knew that I definitely didn't want to go to one level of explicitness in my straight sex scene and then fade to black in my yeah. gay sex scene. Like, I definitely did not want to do that because I, I didn't want to say it's a double standard, that yep. one is, you know, something you don't want to show Yeah. Um, that's, you know, more whatever. Um, and so that, I mean, I just, um, having read a lot of other stuff, um, uh, another research opportunity, um, it's online now because of the, the um, worldwide panini, um, the uh, Hump Films Festival started in Seattle. It's amateur um, porn films that are like five minutes long each. Um, and the thing about that is that you go and sort of it's an anthology of like all these different ones. Um, they may none of them hit your personal kinks. Mm -hmm. And so um, definitely like there's gay ones and, you know, all kinds of trans people's porn. And um, so it definitely sort of, it's not in their heads the way a written sex scene is, but it's definitely um, filmed from a point of view. Yeah. Um, and it's filmed to be hot, um, you know, for the people in, in the, the film. Um, and so I think that was definitely something that I, I drew on, mm -hmm. um, sort of getting a different idea of different people's idea of what's hot um, and um, what different kinds of people look like on screen, in porn, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of similarly to that, and this does fit into what, oh, it's going to, there's going to be thunder again. Zeus, Zeus is banging away. There it is. Um, <laughs> um, what advice do you have for writing the opposite sex? I mean, so there, there's the old quote about, um, oh, who is it? Uh, Niall Marsh? I, I don't remember. Um, uh, how do you write scenes from a male point of view? Well, I assume that when they're um, alone, they basically act like human beings. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that's a good place to start. Um, but then um, good beta readers, if you, and I mean, of course, getting a beta reader for a sex scene, you've got to have somebody that you're like super comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know what they're about to read. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I'm sure they're not going to think it's a come on. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I definitely had beta readers I would not have given. Like, or rather, rather distant, distant past writing groups where I would not have been like, read my sex scene because it would have been like, oh, well. <laughs> gross. Gross, gross, gross. Anyway. 
Sorry, um, I You're think. Hailing, aren't you? Yeah, I think it's hailing against my window. Yeah, it's, uh, Trevor's under attack now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Zeus! I'm sorry! I'm sorry! He wanted to be invited to this topic! You have angered the All Father. Zeus has a lot of thoughts on this, and Hera is not interested in any of it. That's okay. Hey, it's actually stopping. Well, there we go. My bad. That's all he ever wanted. My bad. People just like to be heard and communicate. That's really the core of this. <laughs> Communication is key. I have a question that is sort of a uh, just for a fun one, but before I get to that, what do you think is uh, advice for like how not to do a sex scene? <laughs> oh boy, that's a whole episode. <laughs> Start picking them off on my fingers. Um, not all sex scenes have to be either like lerve sex or bad abusive sex that's something i see a lot especially in ya um where like you you kind of assume that maybe teens like the person they lose their virginity with is not the person that they're going to be with when they're 80 um but somehow to have the sex be okay some of them are like well they're so in love and if they were sexually active before it was in a bad abusive relationship and it was bad and there's um i hate this sort of sense that um either it's love sex or it's bad sex and that there's no sort of like hey we were intimate together and that was great because intimacy is great and sex is fun and then we went our separate ways and that was cool um sometimes I really... your ex is your ex because they're annoying not because they're bad yeah yeah or, or, you know, the character might be the kind of character who goes for the sort of like no strings attached friends with benefits kind of thing. And that doesn't have to be sort of pathologized about them, like at the beginning of a romance novel that like, oh, they can't bear to settle down. So they have all these meaningless sexual um, encounters. Um, like, I mean, maybe that that's how they work and that's fun. And like, maybe then they do decide to, settle down because that, that's the trouble sometimes I think that you're wanting to often set up your romantic subplot where you get two people or you know sometimes three people together um, and so if you want them to be be together then it's sort of a little bit harder to have um, other relationships unless you're going full kind of like portraying an open relationship mm -hmm. or polyamory um, but I think it's worth uh having in a character's life maybe if they don't have a romantic subplot where they just have intimate sex sometimes and like that's cool and it's fun and yay it doesn't have to be <laughs> doesn't have to be bad mm -hmm. uh so the 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 for fun question that, that i i thought of uh would come up with these has and this is for everybody has there ever been a time you've been reading a book and been surprised to find a sex scene in it God, I used to read Slush, so all the time. The Bible. <laughs> I, think, I think to piggyback on that, how not to do it, that based on the Slush thing, I think, and it even goes back to the question of do I need a sex scene here? The ones that always threw me were like, this feels unearned, right? Like mm. proximity is not a reason to fuck. 
Um, or at least in a narrative where I want things to feel interconnected and purposeful, it's that because there is a lot of there. I can definitely think of one particular book where it was like, like we're going, we're going to do the quest and we're on a boat. So let's have sex. I'm like, they don't even like each other. They're just, they're just like next to each other and, and have parts they each like. (laughs) And then later it was like, like the whole time she's like, she's like maybe evil and maybe mean to him and but maybe he's not but then they just have sex again and i'm like i need there to be a I, like i need chemistry at least i thought i always needed like purposeful sex scenes otherwise i was annoyed and then i read some of rihanna and stuff and sometimes people have sex because it's fun but the chemistry is there so i believe in it i believe in we just met let's have sex but mostly like i want it to i want it to i want it to make sense i want it to feel like there was a reason there and it wasn't just you felt like you needed to it's just i mean this also goes back to romantic subplots i think a lot of fantasy like beginner fantasy too is like okay i need to have like my grand quest and then i need a romantic subplot uh so i'll put a lady in here and she's there to uh ask questions and buck the status quo mostly and that sort of tropey thing drives me nuts, but it, it, because that is the first question, like, do you want a romantic subplot? Do you want to have a relationship in this? Um, and so similarly, I don't like those, like, just drop in your lap, like, here you go. They're having sex on a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was listening to an audiobook. Um, it was in the, the lab at my um, old job. And so like, it was in the basement. I was the only one there, fortunately. Um, and it was a, a murder mystery, but it was a murder mystery with a sort of like kicking ass and high heels kind of female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, once I sort of got into the groove of it, I sort of saw that it had more of an urban fantasy type of like amount of sex scenes. Mm-hmm. But the first one, because she had a sort of on again, off again boyfriend, and I thought it was just going to be the sort of like murder mystery kind of like eye fucking kind of tension. Um, but no, like audiobook, like sitting there, like uh, cataloging projectile points. And then it's suddenly all like, oh yeah, he's taking off her shirt and he's like licking her nipples. And, and I was like, I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was first person, which is even worse. Oh like, my God. Cause that takes even more sort of like careful, like walking through this to make sure that it's not weird. See, and ugh, what's funny is I had way. the exact same thing happen. I was listening to an audiobook at work it was like the eighth book in the series not a damn bit of sex beforehand and all of a sudden i'm like oh all right this is happening oh this is still happening oh this narrator is still talking about these people fucking in my ear <laughs> and i and uh it was it was not a, it was not a good scene uh, anyways i'm like i i hate this and it's I, the worst th- it's the worst thing also when that starts happening and then you like turn it down because you're like the whole world knows. <laughs> Well, what, what, what will they think of me being acting like a common harlot over here in the workplace? So, so, One time the Mormons came to my oh front no. door and oh I was no. playing the Savage Love Cast on my computer oh. to do the dishes. And the Savage Love Cast is an extremely um, exp- explicit sex advice show. Oh my God. And so I was like, oh, yeah, knock on the door. Quickly. I'll just tell them who, whatever. And so I open it and like they're wanting to talk to me. Yeah. 
and and fortunately i think that like i sort of like closed the door enough behind me that like it i i didn't notice it i don't know if they were hearing it they seemed like focused on my answers because i i i actually answered their questions where normally i would have been like no not yep. interested thank yep. you but... <laughs> <laughs> um, thought of another surprising sex scene mm-hmm. it was not a good surprise oh, um tagana by gay gabrielle k um which is a really poignant and beautiful book in a lot of ways but there's a scene early on where they're like i think they're sneaking through this guy's house and they like get in a sort of like a, a closet or a hidden compartment and it's the sort of the main character and this woman who like is is helping him find out something and they're shut in there and they start talking and so then she's i don't know remember exactly if she was it turned out she was trying to keep him from hearing what they were saying but she just starts fucking him and it was the weirdest thing. I was like, I must have misread this line. <laughs> this makes no sense. Because again, like they did not have the chemistry. It was just yeah. suddenly, suddenly sex scene. And I was very confused. There, there's only one book I can think of that it was suddenly sex scene. But I was like, oh, but this actually makes a shitload of sense. Um, <laughs> it was uh, John Scalzi's Old Man's War. And I love it because... It is a story about people who are over the age of 70 who joined the Space Navy, whatever, and they're given new bodies and of and they're like in their 20s. So all of these old people now in like young 20 year old bodies are just fucking everywhere during the space flight to like the space navy school and i'm like this is hilarious but makes absolute sense um like, do over i i wanted to read this because b dave sent this to the chat while we've been talking <laughs> and oh. it made me and uh it, it's, it's a it, favorite it went along with the uh the sex scene from that other book that i was listening to that oh god this is still going on because this is essentially how it was written this is uh male writers writing female characters Cassandra woke up to the rays of the sun streaming through the slats of her blinds, cascading over her naked chest. She stretched her breasts, lifting her arms as she greeted the sun. She rolled out of the uh, out of bed and put on a shirt, her nipples prominently showing through the fabric. She breasted boobily down the stairs and did it downwards. <laughs> yeah, that was essentially how that scene was. There's a woman alive who thinks that much about her tits. <laughs> Unless she's she's looking to get you know a take down like uh, the, the, just, breast and boobily down. Breast and boobily. That's an all time favorite breast. Yeah, I was sort of assuming that like hopefully you know your listeners being like decent writers by now from all this good advice are not, are a little bit beyond that point because I'm yes. all like oh yeah think about the hymen and like blah 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 but like. Yeah, they can get real bad. Like, mm. um, you can look up sort of online the bad sex contest, um, bad oh, sex God. scenes, usually from like literary novels. Yep. Um, yeah. That's just like, <sighs> what were they thinking? So don't do that. <laughs> it's just find this so confusing. There, there like, was are one. Are you actually an alien? <laughs> well, my wife. My wife read one to me last year i can't remember like what it was but i remember my reaction to it was that was the written version of the sex scene from the room (laughs) 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 oh geez um well um uh that we're getting towards the end of this episode uh do y'all have any last thoughts on sex scenes 
well, I was going to bring up, because I've seen it discussed a little bit, um, mm-hmm. is whether it's good or bad to sort of write and be turning yourself on as you're oh. writing a sex scene. Because hmm. I have a very particular opinion, but I know oh, yeah. people have different. Because um, I think that it's not a bad thing, but it's tremendously limiting. Um, hmm. Because it means that you can only write about things that turn you on. Oh, and okay. There is a whole like world of like different stuff out there that you can use for your characters, and why constrain yourself? And also, it makes it way easier to be weird, mm-hmm. um, because like you brought up Outlander, like I, I don't know if it's in interviews or what, but she's mentioned that like yeah, that's totally her husband, um, and so she's like describing her husband at most times, and I'm like that's super weird. I didn't want to know oh, that. Don't do that. Yeah. That's to be invited Mm-mm. into this camp. <laughs> um, so, like, I think that, and and I think if you're doing a great scene, you're already sort of like thinking about like, well, what my character and is this good a place to put it, and how explicit I want to be, and like all this kind of stuff. That like, why not go with that? And and it sort of takes it down a, a notch, I think, to be like, oh, but is it turning me on? But that's just my opinion. I wonder. It feels. When you describe it sort of like, because like I've said, I haven't written particular, I tend to go to the dot, 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 fade to black. Mm-hmm. Um, or the poetic description. That's also a nice way around it because then you don't have to worry about being very specific because you've just used a couple metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but I used to, uh, I studied art in college and we did a lot of drawing nude models. And to start with, everybody's always like, <laughs> like, see stuff. And it's like, <laughs> but the thing is, like, honestly, when you're drawing a naked man, like, you're thinking about how to like capture that shadow there. Um, you're not. It's it stops being sexy because you're thinking about the thing you're making. Mm. And so it seems sort of like like you're in a place where you're thinking about how to craft this scene, like you're saying, like it's a kind of a high, you get kind of at a higher level thing. Um, and you might think that, you know, you might think that model is attractive, but when you're actually doing the thing, you're thinking about charcoal mm. um, in the same way that you're thinking about words and about creating a whole experience. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> makes sense also uh, i will say one time we drew a guy and he did get an erection in the middle of it and that was weird oh god especially because then he claimed down and ran around and looked at everybody's pictures on his break and he still had an erection uh, that's my awkward I... story for tonight well bd everything to add to that <laughs> Honestly, I'm impressed because, you know, the, the nervous public erection is actually harder than the, uh, no pun intended, oh. than, than the performance <laughs> designing. I'm like, brava, dude. You know? He's got he, a, he's he got definitely, a, you know, went for, like, I'm just, gonna, kink. I'm, I'm just gonna be as, as, uh, as, as, I'm not gonna acknowledge it. He's not gonna acknowledge He's gonna drink out of his jug of water and compliment everybody's painting. You know, the problem is because you feel like you have to make so many excuses because you're like, it's really cold in here, okay? Because, <laughs> I mean, first of all, like, you know, being ready to be up at bat indefinitely is a skill in and of itself, for the record. And uh, yeah, never mind. That's that's what I took from that whole story. <laughs> that's, that's, 
Yeah. I'm like, I have several additional questions. I wonder where that dude is. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I hope he's good. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Uh, well, okay. I, I think that is a good place to <laughs> wrap up. Rhiannon, thank you so much for coming on again and talking uh, about sex scenes, because I, I think uh, we, we wouldn't have been able to do that episode justice. Uh, where uh, where can people find you on the interwebs and what awesome things you working on? Um, so I'm mainly on Twitter, uh, at Rhiannon Held. I'm also at RhiannonHeld.com. Um, and if you go on my Twitter, um, uh, Wednesday to Sunday, uh, this week, um, I have put up for free my erotica short story. It's a tie in Ooh. with my, um, space opera novellas. And so if you want to find out if I can practice what I preach, um, you can try that out and it's with the characters from the series. So if you really want to get to know the characters, you could get my series too. Um, <laughs> you do erotica fiction compare and contrast. Exactly. Um, so the first four books uh, in the Amsterdam Institute series are collected in Idyllian um, and that's out now in ebook and print. And then um, pre-orders are live for book five um, and that's going to be releasing April 5th. Um, so check them out. Awesome. Uh, well, Aaron B. Dave, where can people find you and what awesome things are you working on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. You can watch me with these guys on Champions of Lore on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash CNE Games at 11 a.m. Pacific, where we talk about the lore behind Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You can also uh, watch me on Dungeon Scrawlers on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers with Rhiannon uh, every Wednesday at 6 30. I don't know why I suddenly don't remember. <laughs> Someone so just checked it. their phone to make sure like, it's still uh, running at the right speed. <laughs> um, which will it's be interesting because we're going to start doing a swap seats thing and I'm going to start DMing <gasps> part of it. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Cool. Let's, just for the record, if you need any help learning the true oh nature God. of the dark side of the forest, <laughs> I need so much help. I haven't I even figured you. out what help I need yet. That's crazy. Don't tell Rhiannon. <laughs> Uh, and Trust no starting one. starting next week is Idol Champions presents the Court of the Raven Queen. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Mondays yep. at four p.m. Pacific, which also means that concentration check is moving to Tuesdays for the duration at one thirty. Okay, that's a lot of things. I should do less things. That's what I got. <laughs> a number of those things we all get to do together, though. So GG. that's true. I forget. Mm -hmm. I say all the things, and then you guys don't have as much to say. Well, I forgot to do Dungeon Scholars, so. You're just making there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're helping us all out. Uh, B. Dave Walters, I say words about things. You can find me all over the interwebs where fine streaming content can be located. Also, uh, non-ironically on television for G4. Um, Thursday's the Black Dice Society. Friday, Invitation to Party, G4. Monday, Invitation or, uh, Idol Champions presents Court of the Raven Queen. So, uh, yeah, in and stuff you, that I didn't think to mention. You have something on sat this Saturday, don't you? Yeah. I do. I have a charity game for world builders. This is the Jealous Queen of Heaven Part that 2. title uh, is so cool. That's a good, that's a good title. I saw that right before this. I was like, God damn it. I'm so jealous of that title. <laughs> it's, from a, it's, it's from a quote. It's from a mm -hmm. quote. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, part of, it's part of a longer sentence. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. They, also, thank you. High praise coming from you. Yeah. So we're going to... Uh, <laughs> Do some dungeons and additionally dragons and raise some money and help some people. So there you go. Heck yeah. And, uh, I'll, on a, and I'll be uh, drinking excessively on Friday for my birthday. <laughs> oh, oh happy birthday. birthday. Hey, my birdie. Yay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pre-gaming and it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the same week. 
It's the same mm-hmm. week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me uh, in my way too many podcasts on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Uh, once again, Rianne, thank you so much for coming on. This is great. Uh, and uh, absolutely, we're, we'll have you on again at a future point. Talk about other things. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, the best way to support the show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice, which is Spotify. You can now you can leave reviews now. So you should do that. You'll put that five stars thing there. Don't put anything less because that would be mean. Uh, we if will you ha- find you. <laughs> we will find you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, you can send those into writing about dragons and shit at gmail.com. And if you'd like to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at about dragons. But until next week, go write about some dragons and shit. Mm-hmm.